Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Citizen Jane, Battle for the City, is a story about our global urban future in which nearly three-fourths of the world's population will live in cities by the end of the century. It's also a story about America's recent urban past and the bureaucratic, top-down approach to building cities, especially cities like New York City. This is a story about a woman by the name of Jane Jacobs and her struggle, her fight with one of the largest developers in New York at the time, Robert Moses, back in the 1950s, 40s, that era when New York was going through some extensive changes in its landscape, its urban landscape. And this documentary, Citizen Jane, The Battle for the City, is a great documentary about this story and about the ramifications even to today. We're joined today by the director, Matt Tiernauer, and uh, the director of the film, Citizen Jane, Battle for the City. Matt, welcome to Film School. Thank you. I uh, thank you so much. I this um, I have some friends who are sort of aficionados of architecture and urban development, those kinds of things, and they were very familiar with with Jane and her work. Uh, I was not, and I have to tell you, for someone who didn't know anything about this story or about this part of New York's history, it is a really wonderful film about that era and about these very powerful forces in, in play. Um, tell me a little bit about how you came to the story and the the prompting to make it a, a documentary. Well, I've always been interested in architecture and design mm-hmm. and cities. And I found this book called Death and Life of Great American Cities uh, in a bookstore in New York. I'd heard of it and its author, Jane Jacobs, is about six years ago. So I bought it and read it, and I was just so taken with the writing style and the book and the ideas. Jane Jacobs is a really great writer and a really great explainer of her concepts. And it turns out in the late 50s and early 60s, the book was published in 61, mm-hmm. she uh, came up with a pretty much a new theory of cities and how cities work that ended up changing the, the thinking about cities. So this book had a, a really huge impact, and uh, it made me see the city, and I was living in New York at the time, uh, differently. And I realized there'd never been a film made about her, uh, a feature doc about her, and uh, I thought she deserved it because uh, she's a great thinker and a great writer. Yeah, and and the people that you were able to enlist in this in this film are, are really wonderful kind of uh, guides to what happened. And you have you've gotten a, a, enough footage of that era, which I it's just it's it puts you right in that place. It's it's sort of hard to imagine now, you know how New York was not that long ago. It was a, a very different city, uh, and and the look of it was was about to change in a dramatic way. Let's sort of set up the dynamic between Jane as this sort of theorist on on, on city on cities. She was a writer. She grew up sort of – she seemed to have been a very observational kind of person, right? Uh, uh, very, very yeah. much attuned to, the, to her environment. And then you have this other 
major player at the time, Robert Moses. Talk talk us through a little bit about the dynamic between those two. Jim Jacobs was a journalist writing about cities in the 50s for a very prestigious magazine called Architectural Forum that doesn't exist anymore. It was one of the jewels in the Time Life magazine empire. And she's... uh, covering something that was called urban renewal and urban renewal was the plan to tear down and rebuild our cities for a better future because it was thought that the urban there was urban blight and the suburbs were being built and cities were terrible places and they needed to be redone entirely so the federal government funded this uh, and it was done and New York City the uh, the king of urban renewal was Robert Moses, who was the most powerful unelected official probably in the history of the United States. He had accrued incredible authority and uh, was unaccountable to voters uh, through lots of different legal um, tricks that he had pulled. And uh, he was known as the, the power broker or the master builder. And uh, he's the subject of a a big biography from the 70s called The Power Broker. Mm -hmm. Moses was tearing down huge parts of old New York uh, that were considered slums and was replacing them with vast housing projects, uh, public works projects, highways. uh, And in the post-World War II era, the focus was mostly on housing uh, and highways. So... Uh, he was really, uh, he thought he was saving the city, I should say, because the the ethos at the time was, you've got to basically destroy the city to save it. And uh, he's building these towers in the park, which are housing. Mm-hmm. And at the very beginning of this, uh, Jane Jacobs, who's this writer covering this for this magazine, sees that this is a disaster. She sees that the highways are carrying through vital neighborhoods like the Cross Bronx Expressway, which divided the Bronx between North and South, and was a, a real disaster. She saw that the housing projects were creating bigger problems than they were uh, supplanting. Mm-hmm. And she basically was a whistleblower. Yeah. And she went up against the most powerful, entrenched authority figure in, in the city, and she won, yeah. eventually. That's the, that's yeah. the conflict of the film. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it, it, it's terrific uh, in that regard. It's setting up the dynamic about this, uh, and to to see the, this clash of this this di- very different philosophy. Now, Moses, Robert Moses, in the film, we have you have a, f- a fair amount of footage of him uh, talking to reporters and sort of expounding his perspective on things, and it's easy to see why he was powerful. He had that sort of bearing. He has this very uh, kind of uh, forceful uh, way of speaking. His arguments, he seemed to speak with authority, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And so it's easy to see in some ways from the film why he was considered such a significant and influential person. As you said, probably the most powerful, unelected official or person in in the country, especially since it's New York. Everything seems to be sort of on... uh, a heightened sense of reality when you're talking about New York. Uh, is that a fair? Am I being fair to Robert Moses? Well, he was he had that sort of force of will about him. Oh yeah, 
uh, he's a really compelling character. Yeah. Uh, the Power Broker is, you know, it's a one field surprise, the classic book. It, it's 1,300 pages, and uh, it's still, you know, sold, sells like hotcakes. I mean, it's one of the great porches of power. But I'd read it a couple times. I read it a while ago. We read it while I was making the movie. Mm-hmm. And to read the book is, you get it. He's very powerful. He's um, a force. To see him on film is a different thing entirely. I was so taken with Moses's persona. I mean, it's it's the arrogance, the ego. Uh, the media loved him. He knew how to give them a great uh, kind of copy. Yeah, and he was on TV a lot, and uh, they he had the media eating out of the palm of his hands. I mean, he's he's sort of Trump like in that way. It's that he's an, another New Yorker who uh, created a bigger-than-life profile for himself by leveraging the media. Uh, Moses was very brilliant, though. He was uh, could recite Shakespeare from memory and was a you know, Rhodes Scholar. Uh, so he was a formidable intellect and uh, had an absolutely unstoppable will and uh, was scary. Uh, Jacobs was very brave yeah. to push back. Yeah. I guess someone like that. Well, I just, just see them side by side couldn't be m- more different. Uh, Jane certainly, uh, even you know from what we see of her, certainly looks like she was able to hold her own. Uh, wasn't she? Did not seem to fear him. Uh, and there is one particular event in which really kind of a catalyst for a lot of the uh, the undoing of of Robert Moses uh, in in the story of New York is sort of beginning of the end of his his reign but uh they're they are very different and very different in approach and i i kind of want to i don't want to get too far into uh sort of the philosophy of the of that time in terms of urban redevelopment and all but moses was was really the as we have seen around the country replicated and now around the world the idea of these tall 15 20 story buildings housing lots and lots of people in a very very condensed area i think is that a, i'm going to sort of sort of give some picture of where new york was during the period of time when he was doing this is that how i mean how would you characterize this sort of his philosophy of urban development Well, it evolved over the years uh, because he was in politics for more than half a century. Mm-hmm. After World War II, there was a, a housing shortage mm-hmm. because all these uh, all these GIs were coming back from the war, and they had been, you know, basically kids. And they went to war, and they came back as adults, and they, you know, wanted to get married and have families. So the there were ideas that were really um, circulating in the 50s that shaped our world today. And one of them is the suburb, which Moses also arranged to have built. And the other was urban renewal, which is building tower housing in urban areas. And this was a new idea that was taken from a European architect called Le Corbusier, who was the greatest architect of the 20th century, at least in the modern category. And, I mean, he really is considered the greatest architect of the, of the century. Uh, he was also an urban planner, and he had this idea that you, we should tear down our cities and rebuild them with t- 
tall buildings set in parks with super highways running between them, mm-hmm. and then lower building complexes kind of filling in some of the parkland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it sounds crazy when I say it, but this was really an idea that was being implemented yeah. to tear to tear down the whole city or big, big sections of it, and then build what were called Towers in the Park. And it wasn't done that much except in New York and in a few other um, eastern cities. And then in places in Europe, too, it, it occurred in, in a limited way. Yeah. The plan was to do it to the whole city. So uh, Moses adopted this idea. It was a very radical idea. He he called it, the, he and his cohort called it urban cancer, the cure for urban cancer, basically. They saw cities as cancer and that this was the cure. So, yeah, you're, that's the way you're characterizing it. It didn't happen in Southern California because this was a place that was being built at the time along the suburban model. Yeah. But if you go to New York, yeah. you see these vast stretches of the city with a lot of brick towers that have little parkland around them. And they were turning into really nightmarish places, even though they were being marketed as, you know, the the great future of urbanism. It turned out that they weren't really. They were city killers, not city savers. And and on the other side, of, well, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with uh, Matt Ternauer, and he is the director of the film Citizen Jane, The Battle for the City. I love this kind of a documentary, sort of a look back on how did we get here. And this is one of those films where where we, to see, and especially a place like New York, as I said, everything is a little bit a heightened sense of reality when you're in New York. And it and it is such an influential city for not just America but around the world. Uh, we you as you were describing uh, Robert Moses, then the, to juxtapose his philosophy, along comes Jane Jacobs, and she is of the mind that cities should be about people, that that should be the primary motivator and the primary, essentially driving force, and these two <laughs> clash. In in very significant ways, um, I, I I highly recommend this film, uh, especially for people who uh, because th- there's a there's a real nexus for this today. We're st- we're always going to be in the process of reinventing cities, and it's so important that we consider what we're doing. Would you would you say that's a, a, a fair assessment of? Uh, you know, the impact of the, this kind of a discussion in this film. Yes, yeah, there are a couple really contemporary resonances. Yeah. One is literally about the city, which is uh, <clears throat> the city in the United States is kind of having a comeback now. So in the time that Jacobs and Moses were having their battles, cities were thought to be dying and they were going to be saved by master planners, of which Robert Moses was was the kind of leading example. Um, Jacobs is saying at the time, no, people make the city, not master planners. And what she was really saying in her book is, there's a marvelous order to the city, and it's not the order that you, Robert Moses, are imposing on the city. The marvelous order of the city is what's there. It's the, it's the social capital 
that's made by the people who live in the city doing their own thing. So what looks like a mess to you and you're saying it's a slum is not necessarily a slum. Yeah. And you might need help. Uh, so why don't you spend your, your federal dollars that you've co-opted and instead of tearing down the place where people live and call home and building, you know, this kind of housing complex that looked great on the plans, but when it was built, malfunction, yeah. uh, you, the city needs to be respected for its innate models of order. This is applicable today. This is the way cities work, and this is how Jacobs really was the visionary. Uh, because everyone thought, when you talk about marvelous order, everyone was thinking master plans yeah. and beautiful schemes of housing projects and trees and renderings of children playing on swing sets. Well, the reality didn't pan out that way. Yeah. Uh, cities around the world are burgeoning right now. In the developing world, cities are being built at unprecedented cases, but the world's urbanizing at an unprecedented pace. It's 50% urban now. It will be almost 100% by the end of the century. So we're doing in 80 years what it took uh, 2,000 years to do in terms of uh, urbanization. So these ideas need to be looked at as cities are being built with such unprecedented speed. Yeah. And the other thing I'd add is there's a resonance in that Jacobs was a, uh, she was a leader of a resistance movement. She's an activist. Yeah. This is very much in the air right now in our country. Yeah, so she's pushing against uh, scary types of entrenched power, and she's actually winning in a lot of instances. So she, she shows you, by example, how to fight back. And uh, I think that's one way the movie also resonates. Well, it's a terrific film, and as I talked to you, we're speaking from a planned community of Irvine, California, so these discussions continue. <laughs> it's very much still in play. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. yeah, I I want to thank you so much, Matt uh, Tiernauer, the director of the film uh, Citizen Jane, A Battle for the City, it, and go see this. It's a, it's a, it's as you, it's as relevant today as, a, as the day that Jane and Robert Moses went at each other, so uh, it's... Uh, Thank you so much for being on Film School. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.